I just want to jump in really quickly to ask a very important favour. We know that most of you who listen to No Bullshit Leadership haven't yet hit the subscribe or follow button on your favourite podcast player. This is how the podcast grows. And even though we've already got a pretty decent global following, we're only scratching the surface of what's possible. We started this podcast over five years ago with the lofty ambition of improving the quality of leaders globally. So if you've got any benefit at all from listening to the podcast, I'd ask you to just take a moment, literally a moment, to hit the subscribe or follow button on your favourite player. The world needs more no-bullshit leaders, and you can help us to make that happen. Back to the episode. Are you selling a little or a lot? Either way, Shopify helps you do your thing. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. It helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. In fact, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And now you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Most of the business owners who listen to No Bullshit Leadership want to go large. What's so cool about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash leadership, or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash leadership now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash leadership. Hey leaders, M here. We're finalizing Marty's 2024 speaking calendar and he still has a few opportunities available. Now you've experienced the impact that Marty has on the podcast, but that's only a tiny fraction of the impact that he has when he delivers an in-person keynote presentation. If you'd like to book Marty to speak at your organization's event, go to martingmore.com or send us an email at hello at martingmore.com and we can chat about how to tailor his powerful message to your leaders to achieve real results. All right, now back to the episode. Welcome to the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. In a world where knowledge has become a commodity, this podcast is designed to give you something more, access to the experience of a successful CEO who has already walked the path. So join your host, Martin Moore, who will unlock and bring to life your own leadership experiences and accelerate your journey to leadership excellence. Hey there, and welcome to episode 120 of the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. This week's episode, live mentoring session number five, The Politics of Transformation. This week, we take an excerpt from a mentoring session I ran many months ago with a business transformation leader in one of Australia's top 50 listed companies. Vahid was born in Iran and emigrated first to the UK and later to Australia. An engineer by profession, he spent his early career in the automotive industry and has since worked in other industries such as mining and utilities. Vahid has worked in many countries, sometimes in remote locations, and grew into increasingly senior leadership roles. These days, Vahid's main focus is on fine-tuning his leadership capability. He studied leadership at the Sloan School of Management at MIT, which is one of the world's top business schools, 
and is of course a graduate of our own Leadership Beyond the Theory program, which Fahid credits with giving him a completely different way of thinking about leadership. So this story begins a few years ago, when Vahid's business commissioned a study by one of the top-tier global consulting firms to look for operational improvement opportunities. The report identified a potential $70 million value uplift and ongoing annual savings of around $20 million per annum. Now, this was benchmarked against other similar power stations globally, and so it was a highly realistic target. As head of transformation for this business unit, Vahid made some critical decisions early on in the setup of the initiative. He didn't want an external consulting firm driving the project, as he believed in the need for ownership of the outcomes within the business, so he decided to drive it internally. He broke the consultant's report findings into manageable chunks and gave individual units ownership of discrete improvement projects, convincing senior leaders to set each applicable team up with a wildly important goal. And although Fahid and his small team drove, coordinated and validated the improvements, he's the first to admit that the magic came from within the teams in the operational line, not from the transformation team per se. This incredibly successful outcome relied on managing interdependencies, which Fahid facilitated through project meetings. Now we spoke about meetings in episode 111, and the meetings Fahid ran sound like copybook examples of well-constructed forums. They were very targeted, short, and they provided a way of holding people to account for results. The data that drove the conversations was not up for debate, just the reasons for either meeting or missing the targets. Sounds like it was truly a no-blame, no-excuses culture. Two independent audits were conducted, each verifying the results that were claimed to have been achieved. Now, we pick up the conversation where we begin to talk about what the next phase of transformation looks like. Now, the challenge for Vahid is how to take the results from the business unit that he works in and achieve similar outcomes across other business units in the broader organisation. But the sailing isn't always smooth when politics comes into play. So that's just the best story I've heard in a really long time because, um, as I said at the start, most transformations fail. The fact that you've done so well on that and it looks like those uh, savings and particularly the new ways of working, the new ways of doing business, because you've fundamentally got to change what happens on the ground level. That's right. Yeah. It's very, any, any idiot can cut costs. It takes no talent at all. Exactly. Uh, but, but to embed genuine change in the way people do their work that leads to more efficient and more productive and more cost-effective outcomes, that takes real talent. So congratulations on that. But coming out the back end of it, um, what's your... Uh, um, what are the sorts of things that you'd like to uh, discuss with me in terms of um, where to now? So you've got this thing nailed down, uh, and I did see some notes that you sent me uh, beforehand. What, what's, the, what's the biggest question you have now? So biggest question is, you know, uh, clearly, um, you know, the, the bigger business uh, is still not, because my ambition, my ambition is to do this across the whole group. Right. I honestly believe we can do this across the whole group. But right. I've, I've reached these, what I call, uh, glass walls that uh, are stopping me. And, and I'm saying, well, have I failed personally in the way I am communicating and trying to get this message across? Uh, because clearly the, the, they're not tapping into me to take this, this uh, model and show it across site and say, this is what we can do across group operation. Uh, so that's where I am. Okay, so you've had, you've had enormous success where you are and you want to propagate that. 
Indeed. Throughout, throughout the rest of the organisation. Just, um, just people who are going to listen to this podcast episode, um, Vahid works in an organisation which is one of Australia's largest uh, energy providers. Uh, they've got an integrated end-to-end business that covers you know, generation, retail, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, very highly respected and competitive company that's been around for, for a very long time. And your domain is the two power stations in New South Wales where um, they were acquired, what, five or so years ago um, from another yeah, five years ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In, in an M&A transaction. And it's being kept a little bit separate from the rest of the business. Um, but uh, getting into the broader organisation is quite difficult. So let me just give you a couple of suggestions while I ask you some questions about it. Sure. First thing is, at the level you're at, which is a senior level, no doubt about it, at the level you're at, though, you're going to need a champion above you. Yeah. Have you identified a person above you who's going to champion this cause? And the answer to this will determine where we go next. Yeah. So, the, the, yeah, my boss, who is one of the greatest advocates for me, uh, and he's the GM of uh, both sides, and, and he's the advocate. But it's, for me, it's more the model that we've managed to establish here. And I think it's, it's a very strong model that we can be replicated across other parts of the business. And, and, and I want to make sure that it's not about me. It's about what we've managed to achieve. Uh, because at the yep. end of the day, I have a, a you know, end, of, end of shelf life uh, that all of, it happens to all of us. It's what the legacy you, be, you leave behind is what matters. And I just want to make sure that propagates. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. So, so a, a, a GM who's part of your business is not going to cut it. I think I know who you're talking about. Great yeah. guy. Um, not, not, not going to cut it in terms of getting that broad organizational acceptance. So when yeah. I talk about someone above you who is in love with this thing and is your greatest advocate and um, cheerleader, uh, someone at the executive level who can go across those layers for a start. Yeah. Now, it's complicated enormously by the fact that we're living in times where people are jockeying for position in almost every business. That's right. And, um, and I'm glad you use the word jockeying because uh, an old mate of mine, Robin Franklin, says, in the race of life, you can always bet on self-interest to win by a short half head. And, um, and uh, you know, the, the, the self-interest thing is going to dominate a lot of people, particularly in these large organisations at the moment where... Um, politics and political manoeuvring can have a huge bearing yeah. on, the, on the outcomes at those more senior levels, huge bearing. So it's no surprise that people are distracted. Yeah. Well, I, think the, I think you've got to get someone who's um, willing to go to the top, to the chief executive of the, of the group, and to say, here's something that we've piloted. Now, this word's important. Yeah. Here's something we've piloted in these power stations, and we can take that to the rest of the group. That benefit that we've got here, here's the size of the prize if we can actually take that to the other power stations we own in different states. So, oh. so, so part of it's about painting the opportunity and making that really, really clear. Um, until you can sell the opportunity, yeah. the structure and who moves where and everything else is sort of a moot point. Yeah. So I'd be, I'd be working with your boss to say, how do we actually find someone, if you believe it's the very best thing for the group, which it clearly is, 
how do we find someone above us to take this and run with it? Because that's what they have to do. Your, your organization's too big to just be able to go across the boundaries from where you are. That's, it's just tricky, right? Um, why you wouldn't have people crawling all over it and, and wanting and like begging you to come in as, as your teams at your power stations did once they saw what yeah. was going on and what the, what the value was and what the potential benefit to them was, people outside your immediate silo aren't going to do that initially because it took your guys a while to come around. It takes everyone a while to come around. Yeah. And there's two problems they've got. The first one is I don't want someone else telling me what to do. I know how to run my business and I want to have the autonomy to run my business and I don't want other people telling me what to do, even if that is helpful. Right? I don't want to lose control. Yeah. That's a really big driver for a lot of people at, at senior levels. I don't want to lose control of what I've got. I want to have the autonomy to do what I do for better or for worse. Big drop. Second thing is the um, not invented here syndrome. Uh, if I didn't come up with it, then it's not that good an idea because I can't take credit for it. Yeah. I can take some credit for having the idea to bring someone in to help me with it, but I can't take, you know, full credit for it. So, I like to do things that I can take credit for because that makes me look good and that puts me up for the next promotion. So sure. we're talking, this is, this is all politics, right? It's yeah, all I understand. politics. I understand. Every part of this conversation over here is politics because if it was just about value and if it was just about making a difference and improving an organisation, transformations everywhere would go a hell of a lot better and you'd find it a lot easier to get your transformation methodology into other parts of the business. So I just say, I just say first up, uh, it's going to be working up the line from you to find someone who loves this as much as you do. Now, sure. this, can be, this can be a little bit tricky as well because someone above you might go, this is making my portfolio look really good. And when we get to the end of the year and they try and map all of us executives on a normal distribution curve to work out where our bonuses fit, I'm going to be right up on the right end of that bell curve yeah. and I'm going to get a big bonus because my performance has outstripped my peers. Yeah. So sometimes you can run into a bit of that as well. Now, I know this sounds a bit cynical. I know. And, and, and you'll, know, you'll know whether it applies in your circumstances. Uh, but, uh, but these are just a couple of things that can go on that make something that looks like a no-brainer uh, not actually be adopted. It, it looks like a no-brainer. You know, if you can get, if you can get you know, 25% uh, more tool time out of your people because they found more efficient ways of doing things, or they've uh, eliminated a bunch of bottlenecks or whatever else. That's awesome, right? That is that is something you can take to the bank every day. So, so I guess I guess the question for you is, how much do you want to fight that fight? Yeah, that's a big. I mean, that's what my question was: how ambitious ambitious should I be? Um, because yeah, it's a big question. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's going to come back to it's going to come back to what drives you. Now. Um, uh, I, I think that being driven by having that impact and seeing the results that come from running a program like that, if that drives you, then you'll want to go, you're going to want to do that, I'm sure, on um, a bigger stage. That's right. Yeah. So if you, can do that, if you can do that in your neck of the woods here, which is not trivial at all, don't get me wrong, you, you know, those, those power stations, the big power stations are critical in our infrastructure. And if you can make that work there, then how much could you do if you had a broader... Uh, canvas to paint on and you could actually have that influence across the whole group indeed try, try and get the back of the envelope to get some rough number sizes if you can 
Okay. And you might need some, you might need some cooperation from um, people in um, other parts of the business, the other power stations they run, other parts of the operation. Yeah. Uh, to see how that looks. You might need some cooperation just to get data out that's a bit more sensible. So for example, you probably won't be able to get data on, you know, tool time and productivity from the other, from the other no, part. I can't. I will have to start from scratch like we did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you sort of, you sort of even need an exploratory mandate to, to even, to even get the data, but you can probably find out there's probably enough connections where you can just make a casual phone call. Hey, you know, what do you reckon about this? Here's a benchmark we've got, you know, have you guys ever looked at anything and so forth just to casually try and pick up some data or, the other approach, uh, which is easier for the start, is to make some assumptions about your operations in those two power stations and to just uh, spread exactly. those or expand those across the whole group. So, for example, a before and after shop. We, we managed to reduce our um, operating expenditure by uh, 18% uh, and next year it's going to be reduced by a further 12% or whatever the case may be, is you're trying to collect these benefits. If we were to do that at this power station, which takes in X amount more revenue or it has X percent, uh, X, X percent more capacity, then here's what that impact would be over here. So where we are, that's worth 20 million, but over here, that could be worth 78 million. Yeah. If, if it's just proportional apples for apples. And I know it's not exactly. Yeah, but you can do something like that. Yes, you can. Yeah, but, but, for the, but for the back of a beer coaster, just to get it started, that might be a good place to start, at least to get the people upstairs from you really interested. Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, what do, you, what do you think? No, no, no. I'm just trying to figure out the, 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 the avenues I have and, uh, and the people I need to connect with. Um, because uh, one of the things I did at the start of transformation, I actually went and visited all key people within all the business units and made personal contacts and created relationships because, you know, I knew that was going to be important. So yeah. I've got those relationships. I, I'm just figuring out who I can do and uh, go back to and build that up on. Yeah. And there's avenues. There definitely avenues. Yeah, there'll, there'll, there'll be a few. So I, I think if you make some assumptions, it's good, to, it's good to have something more than a blank sheet of paper. So yeah. if, you have, if you have some assumptions, uh, for example, here's what we were able to do to um, uh, decrease the uh, number of external contractors we had to bring on a weekly, yeah. monthly basis. Here's what we did to, recruit, uh, to decrease our contractor cost. Um, would that work the same way in your power station? So in other words, you know, is this, is this feasible error? Have you guys already dealt with this issue or um, are there reasons why it wouldn't work? Because it worked for us and we're getting a huge benefit from it. Could it work the same way for you? So, you know, just, just having those, um, having just sort of a, 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 something you can put a talking point around. Sure. Makes the conversation a bit better than going in and just saying, you know, here's what we did. What can you do? Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it does come down to that trust, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and the other probably facet of that is how do you actually show up, you know, when you go to that individual? How do you show up? You, you, what's the premise of your showing up? Uh, how do you start the conversation? Uh, you know, how do you pitch it? I mean, uh, because as you rightly said, uh, some people could feel threatened. And so how do you pitch it that they actually are curious and, and want to find out more? 
Yeah, so, um, so the biggest danger of just going uh, to someone at your level or a chief engineer or something in one of those, one of those other sites is they'll go, you know, mate, stay in your own lane. It's not your yeah, business. Right. Yeah, yeah. How, how we run our plan has nothing to do with you. Uh, and that's understandable, which is, it comes back to the point about uh, executive support. So if, you're, if you've got someone very, very senior, so you've got a direct report to the CEO who's coming downwards with a request and saying, please do this, people are much more likely to respond. Indeed. If you're coming from across, that's the right. Silos, yes. you, know, you, you run into some good people who are always uh, interested and open to looking at better ways of doing things. You will run into those people, but that won't be the majority. No, uh, in an organisation of your size and, and structure, so um, definitely won't be the majority. So that that that's why the executive support is so critical because you want you want them to know that their boss knows that you're yeah. doing this. There's got to be there's got to be some sort of entree, um, but the entree is only uh, only going to take you so far. That'll get you in the door. Yeah. But your question about how you show up. Yeah. Um, you can be a little bit too well. Not you. <laughs> People, people in this position uh, can be a little bit too enthusiastic. Yeah. So, so if you were to go in and say, look at this awesome job we did in, in our plant, this is fantastic, these are the results, you know, I want to know how we can do that for you as well, they'll just go, piss off, mate. Yeah. You know, they, they, don't, don't, don't tell me how to do my stuff. Um, but if you go in and you say, um, look, there's some, you know, we've managed to get some real benefit out here, and the guys that are, um, that are working on our plant are so happy to have implemented these changes because it makes their life so much easier. And um, I'd really like to explore if there's any way that you'd be interested in, you know, taking some of the stuff that we've done. Right? I'm not coming in to take over your world. Yeah, yeah. Take some of the stuff that we've done and see if you can use it here. So you're sharing as opposed to asking a favour. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's um, because it does, that, that tone makes a difference. It it's much more about tone than it is communication. So you've got English not as a first language. No. That's, that's irrelevant. Your English is plenty good enough, right? That's not a problem. It's not a, never going to be an impediment. You speak perfect English. All you need to do is make sure that they understand your tone as you come in. All about the tone. Yeah, one of the things I've been investing a lot on is, is communication and connecting with hearts and mind rather than just the mind. So I'm yeah. working on that quite a bit myself anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it sort of, it sort of underpins everything in leadership, doesn't it? That, that connectedness and relationship, that's what gives you the ticket to play. That's what gives you the, um, the license and the permission to have conversations that are sometimes quite difficult because yeah. you have the relationship there where they will sit and listen. And not just go, mate, mate. Who are you? What are you? What are you, what are you doing? Telling me this, right? It's none of your business. Uh, and it, it gives you that gives you that uh, license to operate, yeah, which is good. Um, so, how ambitious should you be, Vahid? I mean, mate, I, I think I think most people in most organisations of, of that size are a lot less ambitious than they need to be. And I'm not talking about ambitious about promotion because I know that's not what you mean. Um, it's, it's about setting up really, really um, significant, worthwhile goals yeah. that can make a big difference to the people and the organisation. That's what, that's what true leadership's about. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, be twice as ambitious as you think and you can always dial it back. Okay. 
All right. <laughs> if, you start, if you start by dialing it back, you never get there, right? Um, and so, you know, so... Thank you. So if I were you, the one thing I'd say is um, it's really important that you want the CEO, the group CEO of the organisation to think that this is a must do. Yeah. That's, that should be your first goal. How do I get... How do I get that guy in the corner office that runs this, this massive organisation to see that doing this is the next step in taking the organisation to a better place? Any of you who've taken on transformations over the years will realise that sometimes the biggest obstacle is a lack of will and commitment from the senior leadership of the organisation. However, most of us don't know where to start to address this challenge. Without support from the top, any broad transformation initiative is like herding cats. To add to these woes, too often I've seen an initiative labelled as a transformation being dumbed down into a cost-cutting exercise. That's a fairly blunt instrument and it can have detrimental long-term effects on staff commitment and morale. Well, today we have a happy ending. There is actually a silver lining on the COVID-19 pandemic cloud. It created a sense of urgency for operational reform and put a spotlight on the success that Fahid's transformation had achieved in his part of the business. The desire to tap into this experience in order to gain rapid benefits across the whole organisation is now in full swing. Like any major change program, it's never really finished. But using the template for change that Fahid's team led their line leaders to deliver is now bringing massive benefits to the whole organisation. All right, so that brings us to the end of episode 120. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, at Your CEO Mentor, our purpose is to improve the quality of leaders globally. So please take a few moments to share this with your leadership network. I look forward to next week's episode, where we do the best five episodes from 2020. Until then, I know you'll take every opportunity you can to be a no-bullshit leader. <laughs>